It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill, we said to hit you guys back up. It is Friday, July 13th. That's right, Friday the 13th. Uh, so all the best of luck to all of you if you're superstitious. If you're not superstitious, well, happy Friday. Uh, wrapping up another week here. Less than two weeks now, 13, excuse me, 12 days away um, from rookies and veterans reporting for training camp. So getting ever so closer. Uh, it's the end of this draft week. Of course, if you've been following along, we've been tracking the last five draft classes throughout the week. And this today we are going to wrap up the draft class, look, look back. With last year's draft class, 2017, obviously, you know, not a whole lot to go off right now, but still kind of interesting to see how they did last year and kind of where things stand right now. So obviously it all starts with the man himself, Christian McCaffrey, the eighth overall pick last season out of Stanford. You know, of course, McCaffrey had a fantastic career in college. You know, he was, uh, He's an All-American, two-time first-team All-Pac-12, AP Player of the Year in 2015, won you know just a, a host of awards. You know, ran for almost 4,000 yards in college, had over 1,200 yards receiving over three years. First season with the Panthers, played 16 games, started 10 of them, uh, 435 yards on, on 117 carries, two touchdowns. But also caught 80 passes for 651 yards and five touchdowns, and also contributed a little bit in the the passing game. You know, obviously a little more expectation now going into his second season. Um, they did bring in C.J. Anderson, so you're probably not going to see a full workload for McCaffrey, but obviously he. He should still be a factor in the passing game now, you know, with the the addition of DJ Moore and uh, Greg Olson being healthy. You know, maybe he doesn't see as many targets as he did last season. You know, he he had 113 targets and again 80 catches, so maybe not that high, but should very well or should should be used quite well in the passing game, I should say. You know, there's a lot to talk about him in fantasy circles. Uh, right now, it looks like you have to spend a second-round pick to get him, which a good bit of people say is quite expensive for someone like him. They'll argue, you know, he didn't show a lot of elusiveness last season, uh, didn't show much running between the tackles, you know, and there's certainly more mouths to feed. Again, the aforementioned... DJ Moore and Greg Olson, Devin Funches in the mix. And then again, carry-wise, C.J. Anderson likely going to take the Jonathan Stewart role. And, you know, a little younger and healthier, obviously, too. So it could be the Jonathan Stewart role raised up a little bit. Uh, Anderson coming off a 1,000-yard season. So it'll be really interesting to see 
how McCaffrey is used this season. Again, if you're in fantasy circles and you want McCaffrey, plan to spend a, a pretty premium pick on him. Second round, 40th overall, Curtis Samuel, wide receiver, Ohio State. Now, of course, Curtis Samuel was was making the transition coming out of college. Uh, he was mostly now, you know, he was more of a he was a very dynamic player at at Ohio State, but he was more of a running back than a, a wide receiver. You know, but in 2016, he was uh, very vers- versatile. You know, he only carried 97 times for 771 yards, did find the end zone eight times, but also was very effective as a receiver. 74 catches, 865 yards, seven touchdowns. You know, they moved him all over the field. Came in the NFL, made the transition to wide receiver, but obviously injuries really took a toll early on he was limited to just nine games last season and of course he's still recovering from that ankle injury now we know he seems to be doing a lot better uh, by all accounts he had a a good spring we'll see if that can carry over into uh, into preseason and the training camp you know hoping to obviously build on the numbers he had last season only 15 catches in nine games 115 yards also had four carries for 64 yards and returned 10 kicks for 221 yards. You know, there's some talk that he could be, and if you recall, we, we talked about Curtis Samuel a bit when Connor Rogers was on the show discussing whether or not he's a bubble player going into the season and Connor felt he's not really on the bubble, but you know, he, he definitely has to step up. Uh, his, his reps may be limited because of all the receivers that they brought in like DJ Moore, like Jairus Wright, uh, Torrey Smith. So his time on the field could be very limited, but it, it does seem a little early now. It, you know, and like Connor mentioned, it is kind of a, a new regime. So maybe they won't view Samuel in the same light, but um, it's not often you see a team cut a second-round pick in year two. So I think so. Samuel should be okay to make the team, but he's going to have to try to carve out a role for himself somehow in training camp. So he's definitely going to be one of the intriguing guys to watch as uh, as training camp gets underway. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Another player that'll be really all these players, a, a few of these rookies or from last season are going to be intriguing to watch. But the next guy, you know how much I've been raving about him and how much I want to see him play. Taylor Moten, guard out of Western Michigan. 
six with the 64th overall pick. I, I I don't know what else to say that I haven't already said in the past about Taylor Moten. You know, he's I'll, I'll just reiterate some of the notes. You know, he's he was one of my favorite players coming out of uh, coming out of college. You know, he was at the Senior Bowl. The, the first year I was at the Senior Bowl was 2017. So Moten was one of the guys that was down there. Saw him a little bit on the field. Watched a little bit of film on him down in Mobile. And was very intrigued. You know, very excited about what I saw. Uh, ex- excellent run run defender. Or run blocker, I should say. So, in... And again, I sound like a broken record here. But in this kind of offense, I think he could be... Very effective, and we know he's in contention to start at left guard. Uh, again, Silatulu looks like he's the favorite going in, but there's a lot of players that are going to be fighting for that spot. Um, it's it's arguably the going to be the most competitive, or at least the most watched battle in terms of starting positions for this team. But I, I really think there's a lot of upside there. You know, you, you kind of have seen what you have in Silatolu. Don't know how much more you're going to get out of him. Bolton, I think there's room to develop. I think if you plug him in there and give him a shot, I think he can be very effective. I think he can grow. You know, he's obviously not going to be at the level that Andrew Norwell was. No one's going to be among the group that's here now. But in due time, I think he can work his way up to be a a very serviceable guard, you know, especially with the likelihood of changes coming on the offensive line. Uh, Matt Khalil's future certainly is starting to become questioned. Uh, Ryan Khalil, we've talked about how this is his final season. Darrell Williams is in a little bit of limbo now going into a contract year. So you need to find somebody to try to give you some kind of stability too especially on the interior offensive line. You know, going back to McCaffrey, there was talk, like I said, some people didn't feel he could run between the tackles. Well, maybe you put someone like Moten in there, he could open up some holes, and then all of a sudden, McCaffrey looks a lot better running north-south instead of east-west. So, you know, my my fingers are crossed. Uh, you know, a little bit of personal bias there. Uh, kind of hoping that Moten gets the starting job, but, you know, Time will tell, I guess. Third round pick, 77 overall, was Deshaun Hall, defensive end out of Texas A&M, otherwise known as the other defensive end from Texas A&M. Remember, of course, the number one overall pick was Miles Garrett. Uh, but Deshaun Hall wasn't all that bad himself at A&M. 158 tackles. 14 sacks over four years. Uh, injuries, of course, hurt him as well. Uh, really, you know, only played in one game last season and was eventually was eventually placed on injured reserve. So he's another one of those players that Canada is going to have his his work cut out for him. You know, especially with a lot of the players in the mix, uh, even guys like Wes Horton and Brian Cox, who the team seems to be pretty high on. So, 
you know, Hall's going to have to work himself into the rotation. But again, you know, even being a third round pick kind of being overlooked because of Miles Garrett. Um, I think there's a little bit of potential for Hall, but you know, he, he definitely has to stay healthy, you know, losing his rookie season, anybody losing their rookie season, uh, obviously starts behind the eight ball. So you have a little bit of catching up to do. So hopefully things work out for Deshaun Hall and we'll see where things go from here. Uh, another guy that missed his rookie season that still has a little bit of intrigue, still can come in and compete, was Carolina's fifth-round pick last season, Corn Elder, the cornerback out of Miami. Uh, another player that was there at the Senior Bowl last season, but uh, never even made it to the to the regular season because he was placed on IR uh, early in September just before week one. Um, but he's coming back from that injury. He looks like he's in good shape. Uh, could very well compete for the nickel spot with uh, Captain Munnerlin and a couple others. So again, you know, like, like Hall, Elder's another guy that I think you got to keep an eye on him. Even with the Panthers drafting two defensive backs this year, Elder, you know, 5'10", 185, but I think he can come in, uh, compete in the nickel roll or dime back, and, you know, kind, kind of hold his own. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see how many reps he gets, how much playing time he gets in the preseason, uh, how much he can work himself up. So, I. Uh, Again, like, like I said earlier, it seems to be kind of the the recurring theme with a bunch of these players. I think you're looking at a lot of players that didn't show much or didn't get a chance to show much in their rookie season that I think have a little bit of potential. You know, it's obviously not, for some, it's not necessarily a, a make-or-break season, but for others, I think you got to start trying to carve out a role or you know, come next season, you're looking at the possibility that the, your your roster spot could, could be in jeopardy, namely guys like Hall and Elder. Uh, then you get to the sixth round, and that, of course, is where they took Alex Arma, the fullback out of West Georgia. A kid that was pretty versatile at West Georgia. Uh you know, big guy, but they used him a good bit in the the passing game. Didn't see a lot of action, though, in his rookie season. Only played nine games. Only played nine games. And, you know, being a fullback and kind of the backup H-back didn't really, didn't really post many stats. Uh, mostly... Mostly it was him bouncing back and forth between the the practice squad and the active roster. You know, he started on the active or he started on the practice squad rather, eventually made his way to the active roster, but again didn't really didn't really see a whole lot of action. You know, and uh, 
perhaps bringing in a guy like Ian Thomas this year and having Manhurts as your third tight end, you know, and you still have a bunch of running backs. Is there going to be room again this year for Arma, or will he have to hope for some injuries to work his way up? So, remains to be seen with him. And then last, but not least, seventh round pick, number 233 overall, was the kicker, Harrison Butker, out of Georgia Tech. And Butker, of course, never made it to the final roster for the Panthers. He was... He was one of the final cuts, as the Panthers, of course, elected to stay with Graham Gano. Uh, Butker then was signed to the practice squad, but he didn't last there very long. About two weeks later, he was plucked by the Kansas City Chiefs and turned out to be a, a very good kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, ended up playing 13 games for them. Wound up 38 of 42 in field goals, including four or five from 50 yards plus. So that so that was over 90% of his field goals, and he made all 28 of his extra points. So obviously he wound up being a uh, pretty effective kicker for the Chiefs, uh, including kicking the game-winning field goal in his debut against the Redskins in early October. I uh, also went 5-5 five for five against the Texans. You know, so he, already, he wound up setting a bunch of Chiefs franchise record. In fact, also set the NFL rookie record for most field goals made by a rookie with 38. And then a host of Chiefs franchise records, including, obviously, 38 field goals in a season... Uh, 42 field goals attempted by a Chiefs rookie, 142 points by a Chiefs rookie, uh, highest field goal percentage by a rookie, by a Chiefs rookie, and then most games with um, a certain amount of field goals made, including three games with at least five field goals. So certainly a, a key cog. It was also named to the Pro Football Writers Association All-Rookie Team for 2017. Uh, wound up as a alternate to the Pro Bowl last season. So it was certainly a key cog in the Chiefs winning the AFC West again last season. So he'll certainly be back in action next season. So... We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You know, say what you will, whether or not it was a, a mistake by the Panthers to cut him, but uh, 
you know, Graham Gano, of course, was still quite effective in his own right for the Panthers and, of course, wound up signing a new four-year contract back in March after going 29 of 30 last season, so almost 97%, just the one miss. Uh, he did miss three extra points, though. He was 34 of 37, but you know, overall, obviously... Like I said, very effective, very effective production out of Gano. So can't really say it was really a miss. Uh, and again, locking him up for four more years. So at least that kind of sets them for the next couple of years at the kick, at the kicker position, at least on the outset. So again, very very small sample size. When it comes to the 2017 class, you know, McCaffrey obviously is the headliner, but I think he's still a potential out of guys like Moten, Hall, and Elder. And then Samuel definitely has his work cut out for him. So 2018 will certainly be a very telling season for a few of these guys. And like I said, very excited to see these guys back on the field in pads and see what they can do in their second season. So with that, that'll wrap it up for this week. Uh, it was fun to look back at the last five draft classes and see where the players are now. Um, in total, uh, they haven't done too bad. Uh, by the way, my post on the 2014 redraft is up over at Panthers Wire, so go check that out. Uh, I went through... All six picks that the Panthers ended up having and changing things up a little bit. A couple stayed the same, but certainly some changes throughout. So go check that out if you're interested. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti. That's R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. -T -T -E. Find us on Twitter or find us on iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. Thanks as always for checking us out here on Locked on Panthers. I've been Bill Rossetti. Have a good weekend, everybody. We'll see you next time right here on L.O.P. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 